Welcome to Back to Devi, brought to you by Campus to Kin. I'm your host, J. Michael Valerie, and this is my co-host, P. Corey P. We're knee-deep in the off-season, the best season by some people. The transfer portal's officially opened up. Well, it opened up early last week, but you know, we got some action going on, and we love to talk about it. So, But first, Corey with the news. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to take a second to kind of address the uh, the tragic news out of Mississippi State uh, just recently that uh, head coach Mike Leach had passed away uh, after complications due to a heart attack. This guy was probably one of the most recognizable faces in college football, uh, was always good for a soundbite at his press conferences, was essentially one of the godfathers of the air raid offense. And his, his impact is really littered like all over the NCAA and NFL, you know, whether you want to look at guys like uh, Cliff Kingsbury, Josh Heupel, Lincoln Riley, or, or players like Will Rogers, uh, Michael Crabtree, or Wes Welker, right? Um, this guy's made a huge impact even on fantasy football, uh, our world as well. We're always targeting Mike Leach quarterbacks and our C2Cs, trying to guess which wide receiver is going to kind of put up a massive day because you know it was coming in his offense, very explosive offense. So um, just wanted to kind of throw it out there. Um, thoughts and prayers to uh, his family and loved ones. The, uh, the football world lost a good one today. Um, we're on to some other news now. Um, starting with some more draft declarations, um, starting out with a few who were already expected, uh, and that's UNC wide receiver Josh Downs and Tennessee wide receiver Cedric Tillman. Um, both guys who could probably end up being taken within the first five wide receivers off the board, I'd like to say, uh, somewhere around there. Um, we did have some surprising ones for starting over at Auburn with running back Tank Bigsby. Some thought he could return or even transfer after a, you know, a pretty down year at Auburn. So I'm kind of excited to see him enter the draft. I still think he's a pretty good running back. I think he'll see some good draft capital. Um, you've also got Penn State wide receiver Parker Washington ended up declaring after an an okay season that kind of saw him get a little stronger down the back half. Still a guy that's kind of extremely hard to project, um, but he has some really interesting tools to work with, um, which can also be said for Maryland wide receiver Rakeem Jarrett, uh, who is probably the biggest surprise to actually declare for the draft as well. Former five-star guy who never quite flashed like we had hoped, even with all the opportunity he's had over there over the last two seasons. He's a guy that's going to test really well. Um, has that perfect build that the NFL is kind of looking for nowadays, but there's going to be some leering questions about that lack of production that he has. Um, I just could want to say, you know, in our mock draft episode last week, um, both these guys kind of fell to the third round, I believe. Um, now that we kind of know that these two guys are declaring, do you think that they're probably going to creep more up into that late second round range throughout the draft season? Uh, as far as like mock drafts go, I guess he routine Jared get there. He definitely has a, uh, a following. Uh, he's, he's just a guy that has a, such a huge ton of potential and just hasn't made it click. And I don't mind hearing that when it goes from high school to college, but when you're going from college to pros, I don't want to hear that. And then with Parker Washington, like he he did come on hot towards the end of the season. So, yeah, I think he could raise his draft capital. He's definitely for sure a guy to keep your eye on as far as day two draft capital goes. So, yes. Yeah, we, we've seen some flashes from these guys that have made us rank them uh, pretty highly at times in the past. I think there is a lot of potential there. Like you were saying, they could, they could potentially uh, unlocked at the next level. Um, you know, if they have a good draft cycle, uh, draft cycle, um, they get some solid draft capital to follow. You know, I could see myself pulling the trigger somewhere in the second of a rookie draft as well. Um, taking a shot on one of these two guys. So um, yeah, pretty, pretty excited to see them, see them uh, declare, but also probably one of the harder evaluations uh, that we're going to have this off season. Um, but that'll wrap it up for the news, guys. Make sure you guys check out all the content over at the C2C podcast and YouTube page to keep you guys up to date on everything that's going on in college football. Now, Corey did forget one bit of news, but don't worry, Corey, because I got it. Yeah, okay. The big game this weekend, okay, Army 
Navy. Okay. <laughs> the whole army beat Navy. The Navy just crapped their pants. You know, it's called the poop tech for a reason. And they just <laughs> couldn't get it done against the army. Let's go army. I, uh, uh, I didn't, I didn't watch the game. <laughs> I mean, it's torture. It's, torture, yeah, yeah, right? it's <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to do it. So, <laughs> but, you know, the overtime was good. I'm sure they were like live streams to Guantanamo Bay, getting some answers out of some guys for that. But anyway, <laughs> let's go, let's go into our player pro- profiles. So, uh, we have the draft coming up here in end of March, April area around there. So we're doing a lot of profiles based on guys that we think are going to the draft or are going to the draft. We will definitely be doing a lot more. 2024 2025 even 2026 profiles more in the offseason but you know we're just trying to get in these Debbie guys before they graduate to dynasty so to start off we're going to go with the fighting lion and i guy i messed that up <laughs> fighting lion <Illini>. i <laughs> <laughs> illinois we're going to illinois uh for um chase brown running back senior bowl invite fifth year senior he is 5'11", 205. He has a 329 rushing attempts for 1,632 yards, 10 touchdowns, 5 fumbles. Um, started his career over at Western Michigan, transferred up, I believe, after his freshman year. Uh, not a lot to talk about his freshman year, too. It was, it was pretty um, pretty quiet. Uh, I do want to mention, though, his pass catching had a positive 8 out of 2.1, which is a big deal for running backs. He is a better pass catcher among the worst workhorse profiles here in this class um i'll go into my profile first so i was a little little less less impressed than i think the industry is he he has a a rush rate over 10 yards of 14.6 percent that's pretty low by the way among the top names here in the draft uh suffered production against in-conference play he has some really good cutting ability i thought but just loses too much speed he's just not a a fast starter. He has really quick feet, though. Like watching his film, his feet are really quick, but his uh, north-south acceleration and speed is just not uh, not high end. Um, I've seen him get hawked down by some front seven guys once in a while here and there, and that's pretty concerning. He gets hawked down by DBs all the time, but when I see like a lineman or an edge kind of coming up on him, I'm like, damn, that's <laughs> that shouldn't be happening. Um, I don't think he's five eleven. I think he's actually five ten, which is a good thing for his profile, in my opinion. Um, yeah, and there's only been three running backs that have hit their fifth year and been drafted day two. Um, I do think the age uh, is kind of a big deal to the NFL for running backs specifically because you only get really two contracts out of those guys. It's not really a three-contract position. So players that are older, they would rather avoid because that second contract is kind of uh, – they need an early out of the second contract. Um, not much of a power runner. Uh, I think he has a lot of – he. When he runs, he really focuses on on wiggling out of those tackles, you know. So I I don't think he has a lot of power. He doesn't really look to push a pile. He looks to more bounce off and try to find another open lane. But I do think he has really good vision. Um, not great contact balance. Doesn't really push for extra yards. You know that that pad level is not good. But dances too much. Has some good wiggles. Has some good vision. And that's how I that's what I think of Chase Brown. Yeah, I would say that we probably saw a lot of similarities here uh, as well. You know, I wouldn't exactly say that he he suffered against in conference play, but he kind of took, um, it's probably going to piss some people off, but he took like the Blake Corum route to some very productive days against some tough defenses, right? It was high volume, uh, 180 yards versus Minnesota, but on 40 carries, 140 yards versus Michigan, but on 29 carries, right? So he's getting a ton of volume. He's picking up those solid gains, maybe not and like you were, like you were pointing to, right? To the low rush rate of, of 10 plus yard carries. This is really 
really what he was doing was just getting these chunk plays, five yards, four yards. He wasn't breaking away as much. Only 32% of his yardage came away on breakaway runs, which is relatively low too compared to some of the guys in the past. So he was really, you know, doing the high volume dirty work. Um, Eight games with more than six missed tackles and two double-digit ta- missed tackles games. So certainly not bad numbers on the year when you're talking with the wiggle there. I did kind of think of him better as a one-cut runner, in my in, in my opinion. You know, just identify the gap, use your speed to get downhill quickly, which, which I felt he slowed down a little bit too much when stringing moves together. Kind of like you were saying, trying to cut a little bit too much. Like that first cut worked okay for him. And then when he's trying to string to another one, and then he tries to hit that spin move. And then he tries to do all And then he's slowing down a little bit too much, you know. And he has good burst and good speed two areas of the game that probably shouldn't have problem translating. But when he's dancing around a little bit too much, I do feel like it slows down. Um, I do agree. Definitely not an issue as a pass catcher. I will say he did tend to cradle it and body catch the ball and a lot of the stuff that I was watching, but only credit, only credited with one drop this year as well. And also the, uh, the downfield routes, very positive thing as well. Like you were saying uh, the 2.18 off, but he was getting targeted actually like down, down the field too, which was nice to see a couple wheel routes, stuff like that. Um, I think his patience is good, very good. More times than not, he almost does like that Le'Veon Bell thing back in the day where he slow plays the line, um, kind of waits for something to open up and then kind of shoots downhill. You know what I mean? But there's also times that I wish that he would just get faster downhill, especially in short yard situations. I felt maybe he's a little bit overpatient, and that's probably a little bit of like nitpicking and stuff like that. But I found he's waiting too long sometimes. I just want to see him get pick up the, the short yards. You know what I mean? Um which was probably my biggest negative takeaway from watching the games I watched. I actually just recently watched a three games. I think Wisconsin, Iowa, and and oh, I can't remember the other one. But some all twenty two is coming out, so I remember I was watching him. I watched him fail two goal line stands versus Wisconsin and Indiana, where he had multiple cracks again to the end zone, but he couldn't supply the power needed or to turn and break off those tackles. You know, he, there was a couple times he's trying to spin move his way. It's almost like an initial reaction he has sometimes when he gets hit that he wants to spin off of it or something like that. You know, it's especially in the Minnesota game. That was the other one I have written here. That was the other the third game I, I watched. So I would like to see him make quicker decisions when it comes to short yardage, um, get downhill a little bit quicker. But that's a lot of nitpicking right there for a guy who's, who's a pretty good do-it-all back probably going to be an extremely serviceable running back too for an NFL team at the next level. I think he's a day three guy. I believe he has a place in the NFL. I just mm-hmm. don't think he's going to be starting. Uh, you agree with that, Corey? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Day three, day three guy for sure for me. All right, let's go on to our next one here. Do you want to start off or should I, I start off? Uh, yeah, I can start this one off. We're, we're going to talk about uh, another guy who, who's seeing a little bit of a rise here late in, in the draft cycle. Uh, just got his senior bowl invite as well. A finalist for the Blitnikoff Award as well. And we're going to talk about Iowa State wide receiver Xavier Hutchinson. Um, 6'3", 205 pounds. He's fifth year from JUCO as well. Um, uh, how long was he in JUCO for? Just the one year? Two years. Two years. Mike's pointing at me. Two years. Okay, so... Um, he finally kind of broke that 1,000-yard mark this year, 179 or 107 catches for 1,171 yards and six touchdowns. This guy's been pretty consistent, been a pretty reliable weapon for Iowa State over the past few years. Hasn't been able to break that 1,000-yard mark till this year, which is nice to see. Um, to me personally, kind of looking at him, I think he's kind of built as what you see on paper, what he is, right? This is a bigger wide receiver in size. He's definitely not a burner. He does have some build-up speed to him. I'll give him that. Um He's got good inside-outside versatility as well. This is a guy uh, I, I, you saw move around the line a little bit, played in the slot, played in the outside. Um, so I watched three games of him, um, essentially the only cut-ups I could find, really, <laughs> which was uh, Iowa, um, Southeast Missouri, which was really hard to get anything from because, I mean, the talent level is just a lot different there. And I watched versus Texas, which was obviously, which is arguably his best game of the season, right? Um, 
a few takeaways that I, that I, that I liked um, again, inside outside versatility on the line. I like to see that uh, a guy who I think could be a big slot, maybe on the next level as well. Um, also have that presence on the outside attacks the ball really well. Um, tries to gain the leverage he needs, you know, maybe understanding that he's not going to blow you away with pure speed or athleticism. You know, he's kind of got to work his body the right ways. I find that he did do that a lot of the time. Um, I don't think he's the most exciting open field guy. Um, surprisingly, his force missed tackles numbers by PFF actually aren't bad. But when you actually watch him, this is more so just a guy who's like powering through. He's a lot of those quick hitches that they would feed him, uh, mineral gains uh, that he was kind of down at first contact a lot of the time. But when he was breaking tackles, it was really just him blowing through guys. This guy wasn't dazzling you in the open field or anything like that. But um, he does play with some good power, some good aggressiveness. I like the way he kind of lays out and makes every cat or lays out for a catch. Sometimes he puts his body on the line. He can contort it and dive whatever way he wants um, in order to catch the ball. So that's good. He put up some good numbers um, in the Iowa game, but I did notice uh, this was one of the, one of the games in the Iowa game that he was actually pressed a little bit more at the line. Definitely had a little bit of trouble breaking off of it at times Um, on a few occasions. I also did notice him drifting in routes a little bit. One in particular against Iowa where he drifted crossing up the field instead of coming back to the ball, which allowed the DB to undercut it and break it up, which is something, you know, you got to run those routes sharply. These are things that are, that are timing that are need to be done at the next level. Um, or you're going to get a lot of trouble like that. So I generally think that this guy, you know, probably has a role at the next level. This is another guy similar to Chase Brown. I think he's a day three guy. I think he has a role at the end, at the NFL level. He's going to be playing on Sundays, but I definitely view him as more of a complimentary possession wide receiver that, I don't know. Maybe you're going to be able to to spot start on your dynasty roster if you're lucky. Who are we talking about? Xavier Hutchinson. Oh, nice. Love the breakdown. <laughs> you, think, you, you come and try to interrupt my professional video, Mike. You don't think I'm not going to jump in really quick and interrupt you really quick? All right. Well, we'll see you next week, though. All right. So yeah, yeah. that's the voice week. of Matt Bruning, the uh, yeah. the do it all work working hard guy here at, at Campus Academy. He will be on next week's episode. We talk about coaching carousel. He just got invited live. Oh, yeah. Okay. And yeah. He's, and looking, he's much smarter than us at that. So. And undersized RBs. Have a great yeah, show, Jeff. Okay. Look forward to listening to it. <laughs> Take it easy, man. Yeah. So, Xavier Hutchison for me, uh, a lot of everything that Corey just said, I don't think he has quick feet. I think that's why he struggles with good release packages when he's pressed at the line. He is a go through, not around type of guy, and he does it. Uh, Decently. <laughs> I mean, for his mm-hmm. size, you wish you could see him be more powerful. But like yeah. uh, I mentioned last week about Romo Dunze not offering enough in the yak position. Uh, he definitely offers more than Romo Dunze as far as uh, power. So uh, possession guy, day three guy for me, I think his receiver play is pretty good. I like his ball tracking, how he lays out. Like he wants to catch every single ball thrown to him. I like that. Mm-hmm. But as far as the technician goes, it's he's not a technician. It's just not there. So he... Gets drafted day three for me. He's a rotational piece, but nobody that I'm really plugging. I don't think I'll ever get the chance to plug in my lineup. I don't think he hits wide receiver three on his NFL roster. Hey, we got we got Alan Lazard breaking our lineups. Okay, there's a there's a chance he could still do it somehow. <laughs> that's true. Uh, Alan Lazard also an uh, Iowa State alumni. There, uh, yeah, that's why I said it. Yeah, they're, they're not they're not that different, I guess, of type of players. Anyways, all right, let's get into the transfer portal here, and. I got to say, Corey, I've been a little disappointed in myself lately. I just haven't been excited compared to last year. Maybe I got spoiled from last year. And I just want to like ask you, how many how many like day one, day two draft capital guys think we got right now in the portal? 
Yeah, it's definitely not as exciting as, say, like last year when we had, you know, the Blitnikoff winner and Jordan Addison in there, you know, likely date round one draft pick or Caleb Williams, likely first quarterback off the board in 2024. So I don't think we have that kind of excitement in here. I do think there's a couple of guys with some intrigue, right? We'll get into them. Like Chris Marshall could probably be a day one guy. Um, who else do we got here? I'll, you know, we, we like King Prather. Jojo Earl, could he be a, a day one guy too? So I think there's a couple of guys here who definitely have some interest who could who could project themselves that way if things go right for them. Not the high-end talent from last year, but yeah, definitely got some potential here. Um, Matt Bruning, who's a workaholic, who you just saw uh, say hi to us real quick here. First off, Matt Bruning's hair is a mess today, and his hair is never a mess. So he must be having a rough day. I'm just saying that. But uh, he, he does so much content in his spare time, and uh, I'm just excited to see him next week here on the uh, coaching carousel. But uh, he is so good, man, at getting me on the edge of my seat because all offseason, man, he's like, I got whispers. We we know someone's going to the draft. We know we know who might be preparing for the portal. He be he really does get me going, and he not always, but I get disappointed sometimes, man, because I think I just get in, get into my head here. But let's get into the portal here. Let's see who we do currently have in the portal, and we'll start off with QBs. I'm gonna go with a guy that was rumored to Kentucky. I shouldn't say rumored. It looked like it was a set and done deal, but it just hasn't mm-hmm. happened. Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz from Wisconsin. He's a five-star top 10 quarterback of his class. Um, went to Wisconsin. I don't know why he did that, but went to Wisconsin. He's flashed some at Wisconsin, but it's so hard saying anything in that passing attack has flashed because it's Wisconsin. Um, but uh, I think that would be an exciting fit because he's similar to, I can't even say, I can't say that pot, like he's similar to, to Will Levis, but like in, in, in nothing in a positive way. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, this is a guy, you know, obviously in this offense hasn't really had a chance to flash a lot. He did have, you know, offers from just about every big time program uh, when he was a recruit. So he's going to have his options available to him. He's visiting Florida, I think this week. Um, so I don't know if there's anything going on there. He does say he plans to go on to Kentucky and a couple other places as well. So he feels like a guy who could who could just about go anywhere because you kind of picture him as a game manager like he was at Wisconsin, but he also has this pedigree behind him and stuff like that. And maybe he wants to try to open it up and go somewhere like Kentucky perhaps and, and throw the ball a little bit more. So uh, like we were saying, definitely hasn't had the ability to show off too much at Wisconsin. Not a lot of wow moments to speak of, but – you know, not somebody for me currently that's on my radar as a Debbie prospect, but, you know, I'll kind of be watching, see where he ends up, see if maybe he can recoup a little bit of value here. Yeah, Kentucky as an offense should be taking a step forward. Obviously, those two young receivers get older and more experienced. That offensive line that wasn't great should have another year of experience underneath their belt, and that defense is on the younger side as well. There's a lot of turnover in last draft for Kentucky's uh, program, and they also get their offensive coordinator back, uh, Liam Cohen from uh, the Rams. So... That'll be all good stuff going on for Kentucky. The next one here, though, a little more exciting name, Grayson McCall of uh, Coastal Carolina. There's definitely been a fan club in the Debbie community for him. Um, I know the numbers guys love him. They're they're chirping mm-hmm. in the uh, slack for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, rumor, not rumor, excuse me, visiting uh, Liberty and because that's where his, his coach is going. And then he's also visiting Auburn. Uh, Auburn is now taking on Hugh Freeze as their head coach. Uh, we had two programs last year totally turn around their whole offense thanks to the transfer portal. I'm talking about LSU. I'm talking about – I'm drawing a blank. Oh, my gosh. South Carolina. LSU mm-hmm. and South Carolina turned around their offenses through the transfer portal. No reason that Auburn can't do that too. And Grayson McCall has the opportunity to be leading the charge on that. Yeah, he's probably one of the more interesting names in here. Probably one of the most interesting names to potentially move up as well. 
Um, I think I mentioned a couple of shows ago, he's probably my favorite G5 quarterback at this moment, at least in terms of what I think of NFL projection, because I think he has a lot of things. He checks a lot of boxes that I think can get him on an NFL roster, even if he's not a starter, maybe, maybe he's a long time backup or something like that. You know, he's got insane accuracy. Like this guy's like a 70% passer for like his whole career. He hasn't thrown more than three interceptions in a season. He's graded out really well in a lot of advanced metrics. Like you were saying, you know, if I had to say one thing, it's probably like his overall arm strength. I kind of worry about the transition, the transition to the NFL, probably more like a touch passer, but, but yeah, I think the prevailing thought here is Liberty. Um, you know, given that his former coach, uh, Jamie Chadwell, um, just got hired there for the same position, um, uh, head coach at New Liberty coming from Coastal Carolina, you know, which would be, you know, it, it's kind of interesting given the fact that Liberty kind of just got a lot of attention with Malik Willis, you know, maybe guys are still going to be looking there a little bit, um, could maybe line up for similar draft capital for McCall. Um, but as you said too, I think if he wants to really progress to the NFL and really put his name on the map, you know, getting, going over to that power five and going to a Hugh freeze offense uh, over at Auburn, we'll probably be doing a lot of good, you know, and there, there's a lot of places right now that, that he could fit in, you know, there's, you know, JT Daniels just left at Western Virginia. You got Louisville needs one. Oregon state needs a quarterback. So there's lots of openings for power five for this guy to go. I kind of want him to, to go above Liberty and hopefully land at a power five place. Yeah, his and his advanced metrics, I shouldn't say suffer, but they went down a little bit. Uh, he lost Isaiah Leckley's draft and uh, Javon Halai. Halai? Yeah. I'm saying that wrong. He's a UDFA, so I don't need to worry about it. But uh, those <laughs> two guys left him. That was his top two producers, and his advanced metrics suffer a little bit. Uh, he definitely has a lower like yards per attempt. I'm not really – I'm reading between the lines here. He's just – I'm just saying that he's not a guy that absolutely elevates his offense, but I think he's also a really good quarterback. I'm, I'm, I am intrigued. If he jumps up – to Auburn because I really didn't care about his Debbie upside. He, I think he like automatically lands on my on my watch list there. Uh, let's go on to our next guy here. Let's go on to Devin Leary. Devin Leary, who was fantastic last year, thirty five touchdowns, five interceptions, threw for almost three thousand five hundred yards. Uh, he was just on fire last year. I have no idea what happened this year, Corey. Yeah, no idea. Didn't look great this year. That's right. We talked about it a couple times in a couple other shows too. But yeah, I mean bad interception to touchdown ratio accuracy was just off like i don't know i don't know what really happened to him but but yeah um hoping he can that, rebound that offense had the whole team was like i think the number one returning like unit coming from like yeah the it, made, it made no sense it really didn't Man. but uh, yeah okay anyway so he's hit the portal which is great because uh some freshmen beat him out which sucks um and they get joseph and i we'll talk about joseph and i next week but he is looking for a new home he is also visiting kentucky so let's go cats um, to me, this is the, this is the top quarterback in the portal for me, Corey. Is this the same for you? You know what? I have to. I guess. I guess you could say that. I've never been as high on Devin Leary. I think of him as a backup at the NFL level. I'm not sure that I see anything, any traits that wowed me a little bit. I wrote him up for the Debbie guide as well. I charted a lot of games from him. thought he'd struggled with anticipa- anticipation sometimes, leading his receivers, stuff like that. NFL concept things. That kind of bugged me a little bit about him. Um, I know he put up a very productive year, but, you know, uh, quarterback evaluation is super hard. Okay, I'm not going to pretend to be a master, so he could prove me wrong uh, very much. There's a lot of people out there smarter than me that say he's a good quarterback, so what do I know, really? (laughs) Um, But, yeah, obviously Kentucky here uh, is one that he's been in contact with a lot. He was one of the hotter um, names the minute he entered. I I was reading up. He had a lot of SEC interest, teams like Auburn as well. Um, Notre Dame showed some interest as well, as well as South Carolina. Um, not really sure what's going on with uh, with Rattler. I don't know if he's going to declare or not. I think they're still waiting for a word on that. But apparently they've um, touched base with Leary and, and saw where he was at. So uh, definitely a couple places for him uh, to be able to go and kind of rebound after a shaky year that he just had. 
Yeah, uh, he has offers from South Carolina. Do you know, not offers, excuse me, interest from South Carolina. I think there's two others on the. You know, you know, what I'm talking about. There's like a list out there. Yeah, um, I think I, I I just mentioned it, but you probably weren't listening. But uh, Auburn, Auburn, Notre Dame, and South Carolina. <laughs> thank you, Notre Dame. Yeah. All right, all those are good picks. Um, yeah. Uh, but let's go into uh, let's go into wide receivers though. There's a lot more going on here. I think I feel like we have such a bias on wide receivers in this podcast. I mean, I definitely I definitely do for sure. They're more yeah. they're the most interesting group. They're the most interesting group to me. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's go into the ones that are confirmed. Deshaun Stribling uh, is going to uh, Oklahoma State. Now, I want to say this is our very first episode. I just mentioned that I thought Deshaun Stribling was the Jaden Wally of his freshman class. Really productive, but when you watch his tape, like, he doesn't really offer anything. Like, it's, he's not really offering yak ability. There's no athletic upside for like growth. He's just really good in the short area game, and then he like falls over. Uh, so he goes to Oklahoma State, and I just don't – I don't even know what his role is there. Or what is he trying to – the whole I don't whatever talk to me about Sean Sterling because I think it's gonna be the more of the same where it's just kind of meh yeah yeah you kind of uh threw a big damper on him there for sure that's <laughs> uh yeah. so you definitely don't like him I was definitely hoping for bigger things at Washington State um kind of going over there with Cam Ward I was hoping Cam Ward is gonna have bigger things but obviously Cam Ward was obviously still adjusting to the power five level a little bit and then when he did adjust he spread the ball around a lot you know Stribling was the guy sometimes other times it was um I can't even remember the other guy's names uh all something and, and Ronald Ollie or something like that but yeah but it was a bunch of different guys every every week and I was hoping it would have been more Stribling um, he kind of, he, he interested me after his freshman year. We'll say that, you know, he was a bigger wide receiver, right. like you were saying, not, not super exciting, not the most explosive wide receiver. Um, but I did think that he actually ran some pretty good routes. I remember writing that when I watched his freshman season and I was surprised uh, at some of the deception he was trying to, was trying to pull, you know, he has some versatility as well on the line. He plays inside and outside. I think this year he split it almost right down the middle. The first half of the year he was playing outside and then. Halfway through the season, he switched to the inside and he was playing inside. So I, I know they were trying to do a lot of uh, a lot of things there, but I feel like if there is a path for him, if he was going to go, if he was going to make it to the NFL, I think he's a big slot, similar to the way Juju Smith-Schuster is used, similar to the way Michael Thomas is used, was used, similar to the way Keenan Allen is used. If if he if he if everything went right for him, you know, those are not direct comparisons. I don't think he has the skill level of these guys, but this, this is the kind of thing that. You, if there was a path the NFL, this is this is it for, for me. I think you know um, this is going to kind of be an interesting landing spot at Oklahoma State. Um, they're used to typically feed one guy there. You know, Talon Wallace for a long time before him, James Washington a little bit further back. Um, this year was kind of all over the place, but they had some health issues. And now quarterback kind of in the air with Spencer Sanders. I can't remember is he coming back? Did he de- declare? Oh, your mic's off. <laughs> He's in the portal. Oh, he's in the portal. That's right. That's what, that's why. That's yeah. what I was saying. Quarter, but a new quarterback was up in the air. So we still got to see a quarterback who's going to end up there, what's going to happen there. Um, but I am interested to see if Stribling can become that main guy there that the offense kind of kind of funnels through. If he can, he's going to be a good CFF asset. Um, and we'll see what happens on the NFL. So like, here's my thing, though. Stefan Johnson, right? True freshman was very productive for a true freshman nowadays. He's on the roster. You have Brandon Presley, who's a pretty dynamic slot guy. Then you yeah. have... A Jaden Bray or Deshaun, not Deshaun Stribling, uh, Jaden Bray or Tylon Shetron. Like, Shetron might be year one yeah. zero, yeah, but I mean, he could still get playing time year two. So I don't really know what Stribling's place is in this offense. Like, he really could be the wide receiver five in this offense, like looking at it on paper. So, um, but we do really like uh, the recruit coming in for quarterback Aiden Childs, which me and Corey will talk about probably a month or two here. But uh, yeah, so let's go on to our next guy here. Uh, Treshawn Holden, uh, Alabama 
it, there's going to be an Alabama theme here tonight, but not in a positive way. So Alabama <laughs> going to Oregon, um, he's – not good. I'm sorry. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, no, yeah, I, I uh, agree with you. I think he offers um, more in the middle because I think I think uh, Oregon's more of an outside field stretching type of offense. That's kind of how they run stuff. You know, Troy Franklin and Dante Thornton, who we're talking about soon anyway. Um, so I think Trayshawn Holden's going to offer something more in the middle of the field because I don't really, I can't remember who their slot guy is right now. I can't remember who they throw to in the middle, but I think Holden can be that guy for at least a year or two for them. Um, but again, for Devi upside purposes, though, I'm not, I don't, I'm not really into him. Like, what is he? Is this his fourth year coming up? He's a senior. I think so. I think he's a senior. I mean, this is a guy who was afforded so much opportunity at Alabama over the past two years, like so much in, in one of the best offenses in college football with one of the best quarterbacks in college football, and he still couldn't do anything. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what. Yeah. I don't know how I'm supposed to hitch my wagon to this guy at all. I mean, I've kind of given up. I've thrown in the towel on him. It feels like Oregon just replaced Dante Thornton, who I thought had more upside, with like a slower, worse version of Dante Thornton. So, <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really love it. I'm not expecting a whole lot, but who knows? I don't know. I, I, he's a, he's a former, very high pedigree guy coming from Alabama. Maybe he can kind of break out here, but we've also seen some of these Alabama guys break out into other places and not really end up doing anything either. So maybe there's a reason that they're leaving and maybe there's a reason they're not getting on the field. And I, I felt dumb too, because week one, right. We had to do week one reactions. Week one reactions are automatically over reactions. Like there's no, yeah. No way it's not. And we had to talk about Trayshawn Holden. I'm like, hey, Alabama needs a one. This guy just did it week one. Anyway, so I feel dumb about that. Not that we hit the <laughs> wagon to him at all, but like the fact that I had to mention him in a positive way just for him to turn out like this. But anyway, Trayshawn Holden. So there he is. Now let's go on to Corey Crooms, uh, Western Michigan product, hit the portal, going to Minnesota. Western Michigan has a decent history of NFL uh, draft capital. Corey mm-hmm. Davis, Sky Moore, uh, Dwayne – What's his last name? Eskridge. Eskridge. Thank you. Um, and then you got uh, Jaden Reed, who transferred out earlier and went to Michigan. Now he's up for this draft going to the Senior Bowl. So Western Michigan, uh, one of those G5 schools that does develop by receiver talent, definitely gets recognition. He goes to Minnesota. Minnesota's, I think Minnesota's hitting a good transition time, right? They got Tanner Morgan's gone. And I think Mo Ibrahim is gone. He's out of eligibility. So this whole offense could be um, it's exciting only because it's new. There's going to be new pieces. Right. And and like and we've seen Minnesota in the past, whether it was with Tyler Johnson, whether it was with Rashad Bateman, kind of focus on these one wide receivers and make a pretty good um a pretty good season for them and give them a lot of attention in the NFL draft as well. So um, like you were saying, Western Michigan's had a lot of success in the, in the NFL draft, especially recently too. It feels like this is where a lot of scouts are looking for that, that kind of talent. Now he's moving up similar to Jaden Reed. He could maybe put himself on the map here with a nice season at Minnesota, but like you said, going through a lot of turnover there as well. So kind of remains to be seen how, what kind of season Minnesota is going to have coming up in, uh, in the new year. And I do uh, I mean, if you look at Corey Crooms, like his uh, raw stats, they're not really too impressive. But mm-hmm. it's, it's just a down year for Western Michigan. Like usually, all their guys, like at least they're one, like puts up a thousand plus yards. But if you look at the advanced metrics, he did very, very well. I mean, it's about like I want to say he's like in the upper thirties for dominator rating. But Corey Crooms is definitely actually on my radar, Corey. He actually is. So mm-hmm. he's he's on my list to look at. Um, Good name. I'll name team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk about a my guy here because no one mm-hmm. cares. No one, mm-hmm. Every time I mention him in the Slack, should I, should I check out for a little bit? I'll come back in 15 minutes. Okay. Yeah, once you're, yeah. once you're <laughs> every time I mention him in the company Slack, no one comments. Nobody cares. Zero percent. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about Makai Jackson. Uh, he's transferring from the FCS level. He went to St. Francis. 
Uh, first team all neck, uh, Phil Steele Award, stuff like that. He, as a true freshman, put up over 950 yards receiving, nine touchdowns, had a touchdown also on a kick return. So he's used as a gadget player when he first started. Uh, he was more of a low area guy, as in like his eight out was like less than five the first like like five, six weeks. And then like the last five or six weeks, he's used more downfield. And I thought I saw some really good ball tracking, some good. Well, actually, I can't really say good. I saw some decent route running. I saw I showed some I saw some promise. Uh RE Analytics posted his miles per hour as 19.9 miles per hour game speed. That's a decent time. I wouldn't say that's a high-end NFL time, but for college, that's a good time. So uh he had 12. 12 offers, one from Power 5, which was Mississippi State, which I was pretty hyped about. Um, but he chose to stay with the G5. He's going to the Fun Belt. He's going to App State. Hmm. Now, here's where I'm going to sell you guys. That's a good thing, all right? So, <laughs> <laughs> Chase Bryce, who's their quarterback, threw for 2,953 oh yards. That's God. good for 30 seconds. 30 seconds. So they have passing volume in that offense, Corey, to sit through this. So they have passing volume in that offense. Their highest receiving threat was only at 600 yards. And like, you know, three, two of these guys are seniors. Uh, another guy is entering his third year. So they have, they're lacking dynamic playmakers as far as pass catchers go, um, but they throw the ball. And so I think Makai Jackson can come in and be the one, hopefully. And then hopefully he finds some sort of loophole in the system like JT Daniels and Taj Harris and, and can transfer again up to the power five i'm just trying to create the best case scenario anyway makai jackson probably more of a tff guy but you know hey keep keep on a bookmark yeah i really appreciate you trying very hard to spin that one with chase bryce at the helm and passing for almost a big three thousand yards there that's nice uh it's i did for college. <laughs> it's more right. one of we'll ever do that's for sure but yeah i honestly couldn't name one of his receivers um like you were saying none of them were, were super productive either so i'm not I can't say I'm expecting much from, from the landing spot, but if he's a, as, as much of a talented guy as you claim him to be, then he should come over there and take over take over that room uh, pretty quickly. For what it's worth, though, last offensive skill position to be drafted from App State, Darrington Evans in the third round, uh, which was a running back for the Chicago Bears. Hasn't really worked out as well. And then going to wide receivers, they've only had two wide receivers drafted in their entire history into the NFL. Uh, funny enough, one of them was Brian Quick, which was in the first round, who didn't do much on the NFL as well. And then the other guy, I can't remember his name right now, but he was second round. So if you do get a wide receiver draft from there, they're probably getting day one or day two capital, but their production yeah, on the NFL level is going to be tough. <laughs> you're saying that they're overdue. That's what they're, you're they're, saying. They're, they're overdue for one. <laughs> they're overdue. <laughs> so there you go. All right, let's go on to our last one here. We're going to talk about Christian Leary, who actually committed tonight, right before we started recording. He's going to UCF, which is ironic because I remember him making a big deal in the offseason about wanting to go to the NFL, and now he's going to UCF. So good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> it's, he's a speedster. Am I right about that? I, he's, I got guess... some, he's got some speed to him, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah got some okay. versatility to him, too. He, he played – I think he played outside – Back in high school, when I remember writing up his profile, played a little more inside when he did get on the field with, with Alabama. But yeah, never really did anything, unfortunately. I know on the roster, they got Javon Baker, who's been really productive this year. Ryan O'Keefe is leaving, and they have my guy, Kobe Hudson, one of the early my guys from last year. Um, Javon Baker, where's he from, too? Is he a former Bama guy? Wasn't he a former yes, Bama guy, is. too? Yeah, yeah okay. Alabama. And he was committed to Kentucky, man. He left us. He probably saw Barry and Brown at practice. Right, was right. Like, I can't compete with that. I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they had two Alabama guys on UCF. Um, so I'm not really sure what I'm thinking here. I think he's more of a field stretcher. I mean, he's definitely not a a like diverse route runner or a featured piece the way I think Kobe Hudson or Javon Baker has been for UCF. So 
I think he just can get lost in the shuffle even here. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't say that I have huge hopes for him. This is definitely a step down from Alabama. Obviously, um, it's it's just too bad he couldn't find a place where he could you know make a bigger impact on on more of a national stage. Kind of put his name out there. He's he, he's hanging on by a thread right now, and he's pretty close to free falling. That's what I put in the chat when when we saw that he uh, went to UCF. So uh, best of best of uh, wishes to you, and I hope it kind of works out. But I'm so I'm surprised he ended up here. All right, let's talk guys in the portal that are uncommitted. And let's go with a my guy for me, Caden Prather. I was all over this, man, when I found his name. Okay, six foot three, two ten. And he's listed at six foot four, but I'm telling you, he's six foot three. Six foot three, two ten, Caden Prather. I think athletically, he's very similar to George Pickens. Both mm-hmm. six foot three. So I think he's a high-end athlete, is what I'm trying to say. As far as receiver play goes, I think. He has some concentration issues and some drops here and there that I'm not a big fan of. Um, and if you look at his stats, I don't know what happened to WVU. I'm not going to sit here and tell that I, I watched their games happen. JT Daniels before. happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sense you have. The inconsistency of JT Daniels, man. Seriously, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, so uh, WVU loses, I think, really the top four pass catchers in their offense. But Caden Prather, 2024, he's inside my top 10 for the 2024 class still. He's in the back end, but he is a free agent. And now uh, he's from Maryland. Uh, and I definitely mm-hmm. saw University of Maryland is going for him. Uh, he was pushed hard for Penn State uh, when he was in the recruiting process. And I've seen a lot of noise, smoke. I'm saying smoke. Let's call it smoke. I've seen a lot of smoke from Pitt and Penn to go for him. So, yeah, that was uh, that was kind of the thing that I looked at as well. I am also on this this King Prather train. I've been kind of singing his praises as well. Uh, I will give you the credit for being the uh, the the main guy when I first started talking. You kind of made me look a little bit more into him. Definitely somebody that I'm very interested with. Plays with a nice physicality too. That sometimes um, these guys with a lot of athleticism that they're a little more finesse. Like even like Quentin Johnson's kind of like a little bit more of like finesse more than physical. I kind of like some of the physicality I've seen from Prather. So, um, but uh, but to his his landing spot here in the portal now, um, I did see like like you were saying Penn State uh, former top target there when he was recruited as well. So that could definitely be an option. Maryland close to home as well. His main recruiter at West Virginia is actually now with Notre Dame. So there could be something there. I don't know how much we would really like that anyways, but they do get a lot of national attention over there at Notre Dame as well. Um, So there could be maybe a connection there as well. Um, But um, like you're saying, uh, I kind of thought he was set up well here. I know the quarterback is kind of up in the air at West Virginia now, but um, that would have been four guys leaving this room now. Um, uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton went to the draft. Sam James, I think, declared for the draft as well. They have one other guy who entered the portal as well. We left him as the main guy there. Um, would have been in for a pretty big role there. But I guess with the quarterback up in the air, JT Daniels back in the portal trying to find somewhere else, maybe he would have landed, got somebody better there, you know, and, and been the main guy there. So um, I, I, he's obviously got a very nice list of targets here anyway. So uh, I'm pretty excited to see where he's going to end up. I'm actually going to add to this too because I just looked him up on On3 to see where they're crystal balling into. Ole Miss. Oh, nice. I like that too. I like that. Yeah. I like Penn uh, you know State. What? There's, there's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of overlapping here. I guess teams with certain needs are targeting the same players. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he'd easily be the one there, hands down, which I love. Um, yeah. Now let's go on to our next guy here. Let's talk about Jojo Earl. Uh, Jojo Earl, who I talked about last week, I thought he would come back from injury, step in, be the one for Alabama. We always thought he was very shifty in the open field. Um, I have no idea what happened to him this year. I, I just assume he probably wasn't recovered from the injury and just needed some more off-field time to get used to it. 
but he is in the portal and he is currently visiting TCU. Um, not a lot of visits happen during the transfer portal, in my opinion. You know, they got like a month and a half to decide where they go because you don't want to wait until after the spring season to miss all that practice. So these visits, in my opinion, are limited compared to uh, high school recruitment. So I'm taking this visit a little more seriously, and I think he's going to go to TCU. What do you think, Corey? Yeah, I think 247 has a 100% crystal ball to TCU right now. So it seems like that's where he's going to end up. Could be a, a, a fun piece in, in Sonny Dyke's offense, really. Um, Quarterback there, I don't know what's going on with Dugan after this. I think Chandler Morris still has eligibility. So I think he could maybe – he's going to be in line to compete for the job. Um, Sam Jackson as well, a freshman there that had a lot of hype. I think he even got on the field for a few plays in the season with the, just due to the rushing ability. I think he ran like the option a couple of times or something like that. But, um, you know, so that part is up in the air. But, I mean, Sonny Dyke just like uh, has a history of having a great offense. So I'm not too yes. worried there. I know he's going to – I know he's going to figure it out regardless. Um, another guy who's also 100 crystal balled to TCU on 247 Sports is what uh, former Texas A&M wide receiver Chris Marshall. I think both these guys could be really fun as a package to go over to TCU and kind of revamp that whole core, you know, losing Quentin Johnson. Chris Marshall would be perfect for that role. And you've got George Earl kind of running the underneath stuff, maybe similar to what Darius Davis was doing there, who went over to uh, the Senior Bowl now and has left as well. But someone even a little more dynamic like George Earl to kind of revamp that offense. And with Sony Dykes, you know, we're going to have a good time on this offense anyway so i kind of like these two going there and revamping that whole thing yeah and there's not any guy in the depth chart that we really talk about that we're excited about anymore i know we're excited about dj allen in the offseason yeah, that's um, unfortunate yes yeah, hasn't <laughs> touched the field so there's and really jordan no... hey jordan hudson did have a not a decent but he made some flashes he'll probably be a part of this rotation but if these two guys come in i mean i don't know how they don't have first crack at this thing hudson is so slow on the field yeah um but Anyway, yeah, so there's as far as Debbie upside goes for an offense that produces wide receivers and for a coach that produces wide receivers, uh, this is this is very exciting. Both these like guys going there would be very exciting. Uh, let's go on to our next one here, Dante Cephas. Uh, last news I saw was Penn State, but I've seen quite a few uh, prominent Power 5 programs making a push for him. Uh, Kent State, who makes some good G5 wide receivers here, and I think Wes Welker's from Kent State, um, or it might be Edelman. I should know this because I'm a Patriots fan, but one of those two guys went to Kent State. One of the small, one of the small wide, wide, wide receivers in the NFL. It's one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they're, they're in the portal now. So Dante Cephas is, is projected for uh, Penn State. As far as like Debbie goes, he will be a fifth or sixth year senior. I really want to say it's sixth year, uh, which makes me a little less excited about it. But I, I think he can make the next level as like a special teams type of guy and get on the field, of course, too, for some some snaps. Yeah, honestly, I kind of think he's a little bit underrated. I did not realize he was already like a six-year guy. Is that true? I thought he was a, I thought he was maybe a fifth year. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if he's actually a full six-year. Uh, you could be right about that. I'd have to go look at that. Um, I actually think it's a really, really interesting fit with Penn State if he ends up there. You know, he's kind of like the same type of Dotson type player, uh, John Dotson, former wide receiver there, you know, good route runner, uh, a hands catcher as well, primarily an outside guy to at Kent state, which is very similar to the way Dotson was at Penn state as well. Very similar build six, 180 pounds, um, probably pretty close athletically as well. So I, honestly, I think this could really be an underrated fit here. I'm, I'm a fan of Dante Cephas. I think he's one of the better G5 wide receivers out there. Just like his running made it obviously that we're going to get into as well. And Devontae Walker, but both these guys, I think they're, I think they're fantastic G5 wide receivers. Yeah. Let's roll into Devontae Walker here too. Uh, he is, he's Juco too. He was Juco 2020, which obviously those seasons got canceled. The FCS level or at the FCS and Juco level, they got canceled. 
goes over to Kent State here. He's there for two years. So it'll be a fourth year coming in as a senior. Uh, immediately hits the portal. Well, not immediately. When he hits the portal, he immediately got an offer from Tennessee, which I missed. So that's really encouraging. So I think that's a great fit. Cedric Tillman's gone. He can easily fill that role. He's a, we talked about him last week, he's a long strider with speed. Um, when I tweeted a video of him, I did, I've tweeted out his, his Georgia game pretty much. Uh, all the Georgia fans like, like rushed that. Like it was like all the diehard accounts were like, they uh, do. Yeah. <laughs> and like, strong message, fan base. <laughs> yeah. And they mentioned like message boards, like, Oh yeah, well, he, well, he beat the dogs. He's got to become a dog. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so the Georgia, uh, Georgia fans really want him over there. Uh, Tennessee clearly wants him. So he seems to be a well sought after uh, recruit here. It's going to a very prominent power five program he's somebody that i'm I'm ranking inside my top 10 for the 2024 class next year i'm not sure where exactly i have him ranked i want to say somewhere in between like the 30s to 40s overall with everybody still the 2023 class still in there as well so um somewhere in that area which is pretty high for a g5 receiver um in my for me anyways um, I was reading an article just before we came on as well. There, he did have a lot of power five interest literally within the few, first few hours he got in there. Penn State, again, another team clearly looking for wide receiver talent. I think we've mentioned him for every name on this list so far. So they contacted him. North Carolina also contacted him, losing Josh Downs, not a lot going over there. Miami also contacted him. Um, actually, Miami too actually has his old recruiter uh, on staff. When he was coming out of high school, this guy was with East Carolina at the time, was recruiting him to East Carolina as a prospect. So there's a little bit of connection there. I was trying to look for some connections. See, um, Mississippi State right. also mentioned, South Carolina mentioned. So um, definitely a lot of interest there for this guy. This guy could he, be this guy could be a sneaky riser. He's from North Carolina, so I could see UNC. Yeah. I would obviously love that with Drake May there too. Um, your South Carolina is really active in the portal. I really hope he's going to go to South Carolina. Um, but no, I, I like, I like him a lot. I like where he's going. I should just check my rankings. I, I lied. He's actually my wire receiver 12 in his class. Um, but like, if he goes to Miami, what about Col- Colby Young, who I'm a huge fan of? I think I'm not sure where you still stand on Colby Young, but they yeah, kind of well, they're similar, similar. They're kind of similar yeah. players, right? So they, hopefully they wouldn't like eat into each other. Hopefully they'd become a tandem with two guys on the outside, right? With whoever's slinging the ball. If what's his name is going to return there, uh, Van Dyke, if he's going to return or whatever, right. maybe hopefully give him two really solid options on the outside. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't think of it as a, as a death kill to either of them, but obviously it, it definitely throws some, uh, some doubt in, in the projection. All right, let's go into Elijah Spencer, uh, UNC Charlotte wide receiver. He was number four in receiving yards among all second-year wide receivers. Um, I think he's a versatile asset. I think he's a threat at all three levels of the field. Um, he was mostly used on deep routes. He was very clearly focused on defenses coming in like halfway through the season, probably more like after the first third. Um, and they started using him under, underneath a little more, which was just fine because he operated just fine at that level too. He's a guy I like a lot. I think – Recruiting services gave him a low four-star rating, which is a much higher than what he was going into uh, college. I've heard, I've heard and seen no news, no smoke, nothing, nothing. about where he's going to go. No, I was going to, I was going to ask you anyways. Yeah. Cause this was one guy, this is one of the, these G5 guys, sometimes they are hard to find a little bit of information on what exactly is going on with them. Especially the ones that aren't active on Twitter. Cause like sometimes yeah. they just announce it. Yeah. Yeah. They so, go on uh, offer or something, but yeah, it's just, just mostly hypothetical pieces about where he could go. Cause please places need wide receivers or something, but yeah. yeah and I'm going to sit here and be like, well, he goes to UNC Charlotte. Why don't you just go to UNC Chapel Hill? Which is, yeah. So. South Carolina, um, I, maybe somewhere or something like that. So yeah, so I have nothing. You can almost count on Mississippi and South Carolina giving an offer. They always offer every single recruit, like, yeah, wide receiver recruit in the portal. So, um, but no, I, yeah, I got no idea where he's going to go. 
But uh, we'll just go on to the next one. Then Tyrese Chambers. Uh, I want to mention him because I've mentioned him before in the past multiple times. I'm not really much of a believer in him anymore. But uh, he did pick up the same offers as last year. I mentioned that, I want to say, a few weeks ago. That I was wondering if he was going to pick up the same offers in the portal as last year because he he withdrew his name. I think he had a kid, and he also had a small-time NIL deal with FIU. Um, anyway, hitting the portal now, and I can't remember where he's going. Is he going to Arizona State? I don't think he's committed yet, has he? I don't think he's committed yet. No, I just I just really saw I saw that he got the offer from Mississippi State, which is where he was crystal ball to go to last year. Got offered last year. Um, he broke. Okay, the reason why why he's even on my radar, by the way, to begin with, is that he broke all T. Y. Hilton's not broke, but broke quite a few of his records uh, while at FIU. Yeah, I got no idea not- where he's going. Yeah, he's definitely not somebody who's very much on my list. I just I let Mike talk about him because I know he's kind of your guy anyway. So <laughs> yeah, but I'm not anyway. I am not nearly as strong on him as I am Makai Jackson. All right. So yeah. Okay. So just a name to throw out there. Uh, just two other guys while I'm filibustering here while he's looking up where Tyrese Chambers is going or where he thinks he's going. Uh, guys we've talked about previously, but just wanted to kind of put some news out there where they might be heading. Uh, Dorian Singer, Arizona wide receiver, had a very good year over there. Um, on three is predicting twenty percent to uh, Arizona state or 20% to Utah. So looks like he's staying uh, in the conference there. Um, choosing between one of those two, two teams and um, one of the higher ranked wide receivers in the portal as well. Former Oregon wide receiver, Dante Thornton. He's 97% to Auburn by on three, 3% to Penn state. So it looks like he might be heading to Auburn over there to play under Hugh freeze as well. So that's kind of a nice landing spot for him. Back to Tyrese Chambers real quick. Maryland would be a good fit. I'm just saying that because he's from. Yeah, Maryland. that's actually that's, a, that's actually what I wrote. Yeah, I mean they're losing obviously Rakeem going now too and whatever. I just Dante, wrote he's from Dante, Maryland, so yeah, could, could be a nice fit too. there. Um. All right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's go into the last one here. Dante, did you already talk about Dante? Yeah, I thought I talked about him. Let's go running backs right through, buddy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, running backs. Now, it's going to be a short list here for us. Arlen Harris, uh, Iowa State. I thought that was interesting there. Now, mm-hmm. um, the company Campus Can got excited about Cartavius Norton, mostly because of Phil Steele and what Phil Steele had to say about him. Um, I'm wavering. I'm going to be honest with you. I, mm-hmm. I'm just wavering. I haven't seen uh, – he had one really decent game there at the end of the year, but besides that, like it's just been a lot of uh, very just mediocre and bleh. Um, Arlen Harris was another guy that – a few of us liked positively, but like not on like a high end. What I'm trying to say is Iowa State is not locked down. It's a competition. Mm-hmm. And Arlen Harris will have a fair opportunity to win this opening job. And he's worth watching. He's worth watching. I mean, I don't don't go out there and add him, but he's worth watching. Yeah, I know. This is uh, Cartavius Norton, obviously somebody who a lot of us were excited about a little bit, had good size, looked like he had some good ability to staff was talking very highly about him, but he kind of, he kind of got his chance a little bit over the last five games of the season, right? Didn't exactly set the world on fire. Uh, 11 or more carries in each of the last five games. Actually, 11 was the lowest. He was more around like 15 or 16 um, for the lowest games. Only averaged 3.6 yards per carry uh, over those five games. Did do a little bit of receiving work. Um, so I'd imagine he walks in with a with a decent shot at the starting gig. Like he's going to be in the competition, but 
I don't think that he did enough to call himself a surefire starter entering 23 either. He didn't, you know, even the defenses he wasn't playing wasn't anything like spectacular either. I can't remember right in front of me, but I remember when I was looking at it that I wasn't blown away by the defenses he was playing in that stretch either. Um, so definitely not a settled room. And Arlen Harris, not a guy that I'm super familiar with personally. Um, not one of the backs I looked into a lot last year. Um, so I'm kind of interested to see if he can kind of make a name for himself here. I don't even have him ranked in my rankings at all. So he's somebody that I got to look into a little bit more. I think I had him. I cleaned out my rankings, but I think I had him at like 90 and I cleaned them all out. Like, yeah, just like the what, just in case he breaks out, I can say I had him ranked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's go into our next guy, Sean Tyler. Uh, Western, mm-hmm. Western Michigan. Am I getting Western Michigan? Am I missing that up? Uh, yeah, it is Western Michigan. Yes, okay. it is. Yes. Yeah, I almost said Central. All right, Western Michigan, Sean Tyler. He's like 5'9", 175, very small back, going to Oklahoma State. Uh, the reason why we're mentioning this is because of our boy, Ollie Gordon, who mm-hmm. I continuously rank between my 15 and 20 for his class. He's still in that range. I am still watching Ollie Gordon to make him get the next level here. Um, but Sean Tyler has actually been really productive on the ground. Uh, so he's definitely a lightning in the bottle type of player. Whereas Ollie Gordon has a really good pass catching skill set, but a nice frame. He just doesn't have the size yet. So I'm I'm wondering if this is a a tandem or is Sean Tyler gonna take the whole thing away from him? But Sean Tyler to me definitely has a role in this offense, which isn't the best news for Ollie Gordon. Yeah, I know his size is obviously the biggest thing. Like Ollie Gordon, I think Ollie Gordon's like two ten, isn't he? Two ten, six one or six two. Like yeah, he's, but a big he's slender. When you watch him, though, yeah, like he's he a, is. He's, he's like a wide receiver build. He really does like, which is, which is kind of weird for, for the guy. But I mean, the last time we saw him um, was kind of like his breakout game. Um, he didn't do anything else for the rest of the year, but the last time we saw him 17 carries 136 yards and a touchdown. Um, only the second time he received even more than six carries in a game this season. So um, w- with Dominic Richardson entering the portal as well, I thought maybe Ollie Gordon was going to be the guy. Now this guy comes here. So um, I'm a little bit worried. Uh, had a pretty uh, Sean Tyler from Western Michigan had a pretty good year back to back 1,000 yard seasons uh, the past few years five eight one eighty five like you said uh, I'm not your the typical back you think you would ride but Mike Undy over there at Oklahoma State did ride another small guy in Justice Hill uh, just a few years back um, pretty hard uh, so I maybe he's okay uh, with somebody with a little bit less size I went and also and looked. You know, I was kind of just interested how how these productive G5 backs kind of fared jumping into the P5 last year, how it kind of played out. Um, some of the smaller ones, especially anyway. Surprisingly, there wasn't many of them, okay? But on the good side, you can talk about Xavier Valade, who came from Wyoming, went to um, Arizona State, which ended up great, had a fantastic season. But then you had like Ulysses Bentley from SMU go to, go to Ole Miss, ended up pretty bad. Imani, uh, Imani Bailey had a pretty promising season with Louisiana, transferred to TCU, ended up there in the pecking order. We never saw him. Aaron Dumas, probably a name a lot of people haven't even really thought about since like a year ago. He led New Mexico in rushing as a true freshman. Didn't even get a touch when he moved up to Washington last year. So, of course, all these situations are uniquely different um, in their own right. You know, team schemes, personnel, everything and, and whatnot. But the move up doesn't always work. So I'm still kind of hoping Ollie Gordon kind of has his, his foot in the door for this job. Um, I like he obviously projects much more favorably to the NFL. So for our purposes, I'm, I'm hoping he's the guy here still. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think like ceiling comp for Ollie Gordon. I'm hoping for like Rashad White at the next yeah. level. Yeah, he kind of has yeah. that, same, that, that similar build. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go on to our next one here. Uh, in the portal, let's talk about Carson Steele, Ball State running back. I believe he was a top five in rushing yards this year. Um, I wrote him in the Debbie Guide, and I haven't watched a game since, so I'm going to give you some old information here. But I, what I saw as a running back, I saw a guy that lacked athleticism, which is how I feel about most G5 running backs. 
um, but operated really well, really well in chaos. I mean, we all know defense is optional on the Mac. So mm-hmm. when the lines break down, which seemed like every single play, he was really good at navigating the holes. Um, and then when he got caught, like he either, you know, dragged him for a couple yards or he fell over, but he's not, he's not a guy that's going to make people miss in the open field, um, but has great size and, and his nickname is Thor. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And this is a guy who did actually have interest from Kentucky at one time. He actually had interest from Indiana at one time as well, both of whom might be looking for a new running back as well. So that'd kind of be interesting to go there. He's probably a little bit less athletic than like Benny Snell. Right. So he'd, he'd probably fit in pretty well there at Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, no, but he, yeah, I think, I think well, we'll, we'll take anybody, honestly. <laughs> yes. Let's, let's go into um, a guy that, Enter the portal in style. Let's talk about Dylan Johnson from Mississippi. Yeah, a little bit infamous now the way he entered. Now, unfortunately, he he deleted the tweet. Now, actually, oh, uh, yeah, just because the coach passed away. And I know. Yeah, and I was gonna bring cool. it up, and now I don't want to talk about either. So no, yeah, maybe we won't bring that up. But we're talking about Dylan Johnson, formerly of Mississippi State, didn't really get the solid run there for a running back in that Mike Leach system. That's something that we don't really get from the running backs in that kind of system as well. But a pretty interesting guy. Um, I was reading on on three that he does have a couple of leans right now. He's 40% towards Auburn, maybe the possible chance of taking over Tank Bigsby over there. I know you're a big fan of Jarkus Hunter too. I'm also a fan of Damari Alston. So all of a sudden that would get pretty crowded, not knowing really who's going to break out over there. He's also 30% over to Syracuse, which could be a little bit more interesting, possibly taking over that Sean Tucker role. I do like LaQuint Allen, a, a, a true freshman there last year, who kind of had flashes a little bit. It seemed like he might be the next guy to take over, but definitely not anything locked in. Dylan Johnson could definitely head over there and probably push for the starting role. Uh, I, I also saw Auburn, so uh, but Jarka Tunnel got that job locked up, so I don't know what he's going to do about that. But uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about a guy I'm actually more excited about. I know Corey's a little tired because I think Corey just got let down to her. Let's talk about Byron Cardwell, uh, Oregon running back, guy in the doghouse. Don't really know the full story what's going on there, but he was making some really good headlines at practice in the spring, and then just nothing, just 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 goes the whole the whole world. Um, now he's he's visiting. He, he visited the UCLA the other day, which loves these big yeah. athletic backs, and that's what he is. He's big and athletic. Charbonneau is gone. Uh, they just lost a commitment from Roger Robertson, who's now going to Georgia. And uh, we saw like a true freshman, TJ Harden, get some run at the end of the year. And TJ Harden is, um, he's on my watch list, but like he's nothing special. I don't know if mm-hmm. you ever looked at him. Yeah. So it's wide open for UCLA, who who is exciting for running backs, honestly. So Byron Carwell, to me, could could reopen. I just hope we're not take locking here because I know me and you were both fans of it. But anyway, but I think I think if he goes to UCLA, like I'm back in. <laughs> like I really am. I'm back. Not as in, but I'm back in. No, and this guy's pretty much running like a free agent tour. Like you said, we don't all we see a lot of visits when it comes to transfer portal. From what I understand, UCLA is only the first of there might be more visits on, on the horizon for him. So this is a guy who had a pretty big offer sheet as well. I mean, there's reason we liked him. There's pedigree there. There's talent there. He looked good when he played. I don't know what happened um, over at Oregon this year, but this guy has skill. Um, if he heads over to UCLA, that's a great spot for him taking over that Zach Charbonnet role. Um, they clearly need another running back over there. Um, it's been pretty hush-hush on the schools who have talked to him. I tried to look around everywhere today. I couldn't find anything. All I could find was that he was in UCLA this weekend, which they actually called a stealth visit. I don't know if it was official or not, but when I was actually reading, they called it a stealth visit. He apparently posted a picture 
uh, on a social media website or something like that of him at, at the UCLA school or something like that. So, so pretty interesting. I think that would be a pretty interesting spot for him to end up. Yeah. Let's talk about Marshawn Lloyd now. Now uh, I don't want to talk about Marshawn Lloyd because I'm not a fan, but I will say this coming out of high school. He was dynamic. He was great. The world was his oyster. He was a Debbie darling. We all loved him. And then he tore his ACL. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I honestly just think that like, we're just hoping for anything with Marshawn Lloyd now at this point, like, you know, some people were, I was in a chat the other day and like somebody posted Marshawn Lloyd transferring, like, Oh my God. And then like somebody else was like, why do you guys even care anymore about Marshawn Lloyd? It's like, cause he's sitting on all our rosters. We just hope something happens here. that, that Something ends up happening at, at this point. I don't have a lot of hopes for him. I'm just hoping he can do something. He can produce for my C2C team. You know what I mean? Right. But at this point I'm losing hope that he ever becomes anything. I don't like, this might be a trend. It, you know what? He's got pretty good pedigree, but I do wonder if he's a transfer down candidate. I, I, to, I did say that jokingly yeah. to Jerry Pomegranate. I think he's a transfer down to the G5. I think he'd be successful there. He was very uninspiring last year, but he's coming off an injury, you know? So now we're going to third year, right? Uh, he didn't do anything until like four, a four game spin here. Charlotte. I mean, it's Charlotte. Okay. You put up 169 mm-hmm. yards against Charlotte. Good for you. Seven, uh, 72 yards against South Carolina State. Like, again, another weak defense. And then he uh, goes over to Kentucky, and I don't even know what to call our defense. I want to say it's good, but I really don't think it is. It puts up 111 yards against Kentucky, which is good. And then Texas A&M, which was just a train wreck, put up 92 yards against them. But besides that, he didn't cross a 30-yard rushing yard like line at all. So it, it's just been – it's not great. It's not great. Nothing here is trending the right way for him. I mean – usually after like the one year after an ACL tear, like sure, like it, it takes you a little bit to mm-hmm. bounce back, but we're at year two now. I mean, you, if you haven't bounced back now, I think that's just it then. I think that's it. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's not crazy because we just saw Kamara Wheaton, who was a former five-star running back transfer down to SMU. So I don't think that it's out of the cards for Marshawn, but um, I think he'll, he, he will get some power five attention. It just matters where he wants to go for, if he wants to be handed a role, it might be down in the G5. Yeah. Now let's go over to his teammate, tight ends now, going over to Jaheim Bell, transferring over to Florida State. And I don't know if you caught this, Corey, but this was pretty hilarious that Jaheim Bell was pushing his merchandise. Yes, I did see this. Yeah. (laughs) the bowl game, buy my T-shirt. And it has, you know, South Carolina has him, you know. He's like, who's going to buy the first shirt with the eye emoji, you know. Twelve hours later, I'm going to the portal. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was that was pretty bad. Yeah, but, uh, hey, good good on him, I guess, man. <laughs> he goes to Florida. I'm like, yeah, man, push that dough over on Florida now too. Uh, yeah. So he's going to he's going to Florida State. He's a H back type tight end. He's he's two thirty six three athletic. My ceiling comp for him has always been Johnny Smith at the NFL level. Um, doesn't really get me too excited saying that out loud, mm-hmm. but um, that's what his ceiling is now. He's going to go to Florida State, who. Uh, it has been exciting. It hasn't been exciting for quite a few years now, um, but I, I love all the offensive weapons they're gathering over there. I mean, they have a high-end five-star coming in, a super athletic. Um, they got they got Malik McLean. We know that guy's a stud. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, no. we're big fans of their rushing attack, So, um, and there's not a lot there in the passing offense. So why not Jaheim Bell? No, no, exactly. And their quarterback, even Jordan Travis, very fun college quarterback, you know, mobile guy, made some strides as a passer this year as well. Running back room is loaded, um, returning Trayshawn Ward this year. And a guy that I have a feeling we're going to be talking a lot about this offseason, not going to get into him a lot right now, but Trey Benson, the running back over there, he's going to be a big riser in that 23 class. I think we'll be talking about him a little bit more this offseason. But yeah, this passing attack needs some options. Johnny Wilson kind of emerged, really big, tall, lanky wide receiver over there, kind of more in like maybe that potential Darren Wall, type the type uh trajectory if 
he were to ever make it to the NFL. That's probably his only path. He's a you know very tall, lanky, slower guy. Don't think he really has a path to the NFL. But now you're adding in Jaheim Bell as well. Could be a pretty fun offense in 23. You know, maybe just need some more speed in that wide receiver court. Yeah, and now we're going to go over to Trey Knox at Arkansas. Another tight end here. He has not yet committed. He's been – is he a wide receiver converted tight end? Am I getting that right? Yes, wide he's receiver? a wide receiver converted yes. tight end. Yeah. Okay, yeah, wide receiver converted tight end, um, which actually I don't know about you, but I kind of like that when that happens because we saw Greg Dolchik do it successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, Trey Knox definitely has some hype around him. Didn't really get it together this year as far as production goes, um, but he's out there right now as a junior. Any, any thoughts on Trey Knox? It feels like, you know, the wide receiver converting to tight end thing. I feel like I, I have no numbers on this, obviously, <laughs> but I feel like it's better when they do it earlier in, in their career than these guys who seem like they couldn't make it as wide receivers. So now they're trying tight ends, you know, mm-hmm. guys like G Scott at Ohio State, you know, hasn't really done anything. Didn't make it as wide receiver, tried tight end, still isn't. Malik Carr, a guy who had some hype as a wide receiver, transferred to Michigan State. Titans still not doing anything. So sometimes they just don't even make it. Uh, you know, you know. So I'm a, I'm a little bit worried. He flashed a little bit this year. Didn't end up being what I had hoped. I talked about him a little bit earlier in some shows. Was hoping he would have done a little bit more to flash. But entering the portal, uh, pre- has some intrigue to him. You know what I mean? He had a pretty good freshman year as a wide receiver. Um, had an okay year as a tight end this year. So we'll see what happens. But it, it's tight ends. We don't need to uh, go too deep into this guy. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And you made a great point. We like seeing those transitions early, not late. Because I, I like that. I know it's kind of narrative tribasing, but that's that's true. Because I follow Greg Dolge's career. He he went early, switched, and then he gained 15 pounds every single year. Went from 200 to 245 by the time he got drafted. But he was clearly putting in that work ethic and it wasn't about like well i didn't make it here so i guess i'll try over there yeah yeah i like that um Corey, do we want to talk about guys that we still want to see hit the portal that have not yet yeah i don't know i mean even just a couple names to mention here like 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 for me personally i still think i know he's been shutting down the rumors a whole bunch but there's so much turnover there at wisconsin i still wonder if braylon allen is a candidate to, to, to go somewhere the rumors have started dying down it's not it's not a full, full thing um i still think something's got to happen with the ohio state running back room a few rumors of Dallin hayden possibly leaving some are going home to tennessee um him or or evan Pryor, two guys i kind of like to see um go somewhere else and really kind of flourish in their own role there. And still, and I'm still going to mention his name again, because he's kind of been funny. You've changed your name in the slack to him as well, but I selfishly still want to see Jay Michael Sturdivant enter and transfer away from Colorado receiver so we can get some more attention. Those are my guys that I'm still kind of hoping enter. Yes. Another, a fellow Jay Michael. Um, yeah. <laughs> the one guy you haven't talked about, I want to talk about is Kevin Coleman uh, from mm-hmm. uh, Jackson state, probably going to follow coach prime over to uh, Colorado who doesn't really have much of an offensive identity yet. Uh, we haven't talked about him much this year because obviously it's, uh, it's Jackson state, but he was the wide receiver six in his class. He's a non year zero year one, zero. He's a very good athlete with, with decent size. So Kevin Coleman, for me, just as soon as he transfers over, cause I can put him in my rankings then, uh, he's going to be a tier three wide receiver for me in this class, probably a, a top 10 to 15 area for him coming in and, uh, pretty excited to scoop him up everywhere. Um, yeah, and then uh, C.J. Donaldson, who hasn't hit the portal yet, but his entire team has. Um, but that's that's about it for guys that I want to see hit the portal. Uh, that's going to be it, you guys. This Next week, we're going to be doing coaching carousel. We're going to talk about how these changing in coaching can 
affect heavy players talking about coach prime over in the pac 12 joseph and i who went from uva we all cared about dontavion wicks and he goes to syracuse all of a sudden we're like oh ronde gadsden like he's a guy we gotta look for now he's going to nc state so we gotta talk about joseph and i and just so many more coaches moving around the place i love every single factor about debbie i love it anyway as always please like and review the show it helps us out it helps the company out Continue to monitor the YouTube feed. You just heard Matt Bruning tell, tell you I interrupted his feed. I did. I did some dance moves in the backstage. But uh, go ahead and check everything out, guys. We have a ton of content. Good night and good luck.